to Right to Life of Michigan's Lifebeat podcast. We are going to be doing our monthly feature today on assisted suicide. I know we have done features and episodes on this in the past, but we figured it was time for an update. Grace Hemicky is also joining me today. Hello, Grace. Yes, hello. <laughs> Thanks for being here. So we're just going to start with a little bit of history on assisted suicide in Michigan. Then we're going to go into some current things that are happening in other states since it is illegal in Michigan. And then we're going to talk about how you can continue to keep it illegal and some events we're going to have in the near future surrounding training for talking about assisted suicide in Michigan. So first, we're going to start out with the history in Michigan. As many of you know, assisted suicide is illegal in Michigan, which is wonderful news. And that all stems from a ballot proposal from 1998 called Proposal B. Right to Life of Michigan had a huge part in that being defeated I think we saw that 71% of Michigan voters voted against Proposal B. Before 1998, there was legislation that didn't go through in 1994 that would put a ban on assisted suicide indefinitely. Our original ban that we had before that expired in 1995. So then fast forward to 1998 where we had Proposal B. And that made it so there was no constitutional right within our Michigan Constitution for assisted suicide. Around this time, many of you may remember Jack Kevorkian was also in the spotlight. He was a household name back then, and he was, you know, stirring the waters for laws on assisted suicide. I believe a lot of people called him Dr. Death, correct? Yep killed over 130 people yes and we just read recently that he his last uh assisted suicide he he aired it on 60 minutes which is horrifying grace and i were not alive well i was just born at this time so we obviously don't remember any of this but we do know that it's very significant for that time uh and a lot of people still remember his name to this day. Thankfully, we defeated it in 1998 and haven't had to worry about it on a substantial level since then. Obviously, there's still talk of it that comes around here and there, but we haven't had any real threats of bringing it back since then, it seems like. We're just going to lead into our current topic that we're going to talk about or state of the world of our country and of Michigan. Yeah, one thing it's pretty obvious Jack Kevorkian did was make the topic of euthanasia and assisted suicide much more mainstream than it had been before. And I mean, today we have several states in the United States of America that have legalized assisted suicide and you'll see some pretty obvious problems that come out of that. Oregon legalized doctor-prescribed suicide in 1994. But later in the early 2000s, there were some patients who came forward with 
cancer and were trying to get approved for chemotherapy treatments, but the Oregon healthcare plan would not pay for their chemotherapy and instead said they would pay for their doctor prescribed suicide. So there is a pretty clear financial incentive for state health cares to want to take on a very cheap method of doctor prescribed suicide. It's it really reduces human life just to a number on a bank statement, which is a more esoteric reason why we should be opposing assisted suicide. I think it just goes to show that assisted suicide is a very slippery slope. And maybe you've heard that before and aren't exactly sure what we mean by that. It can start as, well, the terminal people that are suffering only have a couple months to live but don't want to suffer through those couple months. Those are the people that have been allowed to have assisted suicide. But then it grows to... Well, now people that are terminally ill but not going to die in the next couple months can also get assisted suicide. And then it just keeps going and going and snowballing until you have people who have chronic depression and anxiety and have mental illness issues are now being granted assisted suicide. And there's a new story from Canada Canada is very progressive in their made laws is what it's called medical aid in dying. A Canadian hospital suggested to a woman who was seeking mental health care for her chronic depression and anxiety, she wanted therapy, she wanted to be put into a facility because she felt very suicidal and she knew that she needed help in that moment. They said, well, I'm sorry, we can't help you right now, but you can go get medical aid in dying. That's what we can help you with. So when you have this very slippery slope, which we've seen in Canada and Oregon, Australia, um, it's going to lead to this. And I know there's been talk of even allowing teenagers, minors, who have mental illness issues to be able to access medical aid in dying in Canada. And so people who are against assisted suicide or medical aid in dying aren't these horrible people who want people to suffer. They're people who realize that there is this danger and they see it happening around in the world, especially in Canada. So I'm going to push back a little bit on the slippery slope analogy. I, I think it's true. Once you do open up euthanasia to chronic pain, terminal illness patients, it you will see it opened up to people with mental illness, like you were saying. Right. But I think it starts even earlier than that, because at its heart, this isn't a policy decision. Euthanasia is not a policy decision. It's a policy decision to legalize it. Mm-hmm. But to accept it, you have to do some mental gymnastics and essentially see people as a resource, as something that is utilized by or for society. It's the same problem with abortion. Right. We see this all the time with Down syndrome children. It's Down Syndrome Awareness Month. We see their abortion rates are so high because people are worried. People are concerned for their future. Maybe their Mm -hmm. quality of life won't be great. Well, as the decision maker 
who are you to decide what quality of life means and what kind of life someone should live for for euthanasia or assisted suicide patients you would accept assisted suicide because you think i'm going to be in pain my life is ending anyways mm-hmm. and not to be glib about it but all of us are going to die someday it's we're all heading that direction so the worldview still applies if you think that it's okay to die now because you're going to die later you can apply that to people with other problems outside of chronic pain you can apply it to someone with cancer who has a terminal diagnosis you could apply it to someone with a disease that isn't terminal but that is inconvenient in some way you can apply it to people with disabilities these are people who from the euthanasia perspective are not contributing as much as they could be to society or are a drain on society's resources and that's why oregon was so hesitant to offer chemotherapy and cancer drugs to this patient in 2008 instead they offered euthanasia and doctor prescribed suicide it's cheaper it takes care of one of society's problems this worldview doesn't see people as people they see them as resources they're tools for society and it justifies killing the useless yes i would agree i think on the surface it starts as you have empathy for those people and you feel bad for them in the same way that people feel that way for women when they're having an abortion or they have um they're having an abortion because they have a fetal anomaly or um a disability you have empathy for that person or they can't pay rent or they have you know whatever the circumstances you have empathy for that woman and you want you know you don't want to put her in a situation where she would be suffering or you feel that she would be suffering and I think another large part of the debate that a lot of people get stuck on is the my body my choice it's their body it's their choice if they want to essentially commit suicide. Obviously, there's no laws against committing suicide. But we still recognize it as a moral evil. Correct. Correct. So, in fact, Canada recognizes it as a moral evil. I I mentioned this on a podcast a while back, maybe last year. I went on to Canada's website, their state website, to Mm -hmm. see if they had a suicide prevention hotline available. They do. They have a website dedicated to suicide prevention and i just thought that is so hypocritical that the state not really though because you're right the worldview justifies it well if you think about it they obviously don't want people committing suicide without their help and them getting money from it yes why would they commit suicide on their own if they could go to the doctor or to the government and then they get money for it viewing people as a resource exactly. as another yes. number on the bank account which is very sad it's awful obviously yeah. well some good news on the assisted suicide and euthanasia front is coming out of denmark of all places Shockingly. europe is <laughs> quite progressive as far as euthanasia goes i know belgium and switzerland and the netherlands all have pretty progressive and liberal 
suicide laws and euthanasia laws. Mm -hmm. But the Danish Council of Ethics just recently rejected legalization of euthanasia. And they put out a press release stating that the very existence, I'm reading from the press release, quote, the very existence of an offer of euthanasia risks decisively changing our perceptions of old age, the advent of death, quality of life, and what it means to be considerate of others, unquote. So they, they recognize that legalizing euthanasia, making this a, an option that mm -hmm. people have, changes the worldview. Right. That I really like this approach. It's not a utilitarian policy approach, but they're recognizing that there's some moral good here that needs to be maintained and preserved. And the option of euthanasia will destroy that moral good, that moral perspective of life that we have. I think it's tricky when you think about that, destroying destroying a perspective of life that we currently have. When in the United States, you have, I think there's 13 states right now that have legalized assisted suicide. So it's hard to to collectively all keep that when you have states. If someone in Michigan wanted to go receive assisted suicide, they could go to another state. And so I feel like we've already seen the U.S. deteriorating, and that's wonderful that Denmark is is realizing that and making it illegal or keeping it illegal. So I don't. It's hard to say the future of like of the U.S. and where we're going to be heading when either you collectively all agree that it's morally wrong, because then you just I don't know. People can still access it. People still have a feeling about it. People people's morals are still seeing other states doing it and be like, well, nothing bad is happening there. Does that make sense? That's that's true. I, there's a huge demographic and population and land mass difference between America and Denmark as well. Right. I mean, it's much yeah. smaller. You'd have possibly more consensus with the smaller population. Mm -hmm. But I, I do think it's it's an interesting indicator that Denmark would stand up for life in this way. I think America would be very wise to take it as an example and follow their lead on this. Well, you would think America would see all of the destruction that's coming from Canada and take that as a warning. We don't want to be like them. We don't want to be offering assisted suicide to... Um, to minors, mental health patients. Right. Yeah. And to Paralympic competitors who were asking for a wheelchair access ramp. Mm. Yeah, from from the from that utilitarian worldview, it's it's so easy to just go down that route. If you are not useful to society, mm -hmm. we can give you death if you want it. Right. I mean, it's very and we're not going to tell you to do it, but we encourage you because it's making us money. It's cheaper, yeah. Yeah. It's making us money and it's cheaper, actually. Mm. Very interesting. I know we've talked about this before when we've discussed this topic, but it always just reminds me of the book, The Giver, how they you get to a certain age and you are euthanized 
they don't realize that they're being euthanized. They think they're just going to a, a happier place. And if you're a baby and you're underweight or you're being uh, a nuisance, then you're going to be euthanized or just killed. And I don't know, we watch that movie. Hopefully we watch that movie and we think that that's absurd. And maybe not realize that that's already happening. I think I think it's good that you can see it in a digestible way. Yeah. There. But it, it is happening. It is already it is. happening. And, and But people don't correlate them. They don't... No. No. Um, it's... There's... There's a real danger that when euthanasia is accepted like that and people are viewed as tools for the greater good or you a useful resource for society you want to be a helpful contributor to society and that's true but that's not all we are and when you reduce human nature to just a contributor to society well then you have to define a whole bunch of different things like what what is society what's this greater good that you're serving mm-hmm. I mean, at what point are you chosen by society as unfit to live because right now we it's still awful that people would be seeking out assisted suicide it's so terrible that people are, are desperate or frightened in that way and it's awful that the governments are facilitating it mm-hmm. but right now what we have is people looking for assisted suicide they're seeking it out and how long is it going to be until it's the other way around until it's the government who is asking that people take assisted suicide. They're well, I think making that's it easy. Here, though. Well, at least in Canada, maybe not in the United States, but I think that is already happening. Not in any mandated way, I mean. They're, they're Correct. facilitating Correct. it. They're making it very easy yes. and accessible. They're offering it to people. They're not mandating that they receive it, but they're still, that's their first line of, this is how we're going to help you. Right. Which is scary of where that would lead to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, if you see people as useful resources for the greater good of society, then the greater good of society, whether that's the government or whoever's in charge of the government, all they have to do is take that morals, take that logic, and flip it around and start pointing to people who are not, in their eyes, the greater good useful tools for society that is the end of the slippery slope you know what's interesting though is you could also make the argument that it maybe it's not that these people are not contributing anything to society maybe it really is that people are just assuming that suffering is the worst possible thing that can happen to a person because when you think about it we've talked we talked about uh jack vorkian and And we read a little bit about how he was wanting to use assisted suicide on prisoners to retrieve their organs, correct? I don't know. Okay. I believe I read that. He was wanting to do assisted suicide on prisoners back in the 90s. Obviously, nobody went for this idea because that's a horrible idea. But then you think about how 
many homeless people we have in the U.S. And if and you could say, well, maybe it's not because these people who are who are wanting a wheelchair access, but the government doesn't want to pay for it. They're not being a burden to the system because you could apply that to homeless people. You could argue that homeless people are a huge burden to the system. They're not contributing anything to society. So you would think they would be the first target. So that's why I pose the question of maybe that's not, that probably is partly the angle, but maybe there's another angle of it's in our human nature that we don't want people to suffer and that we're going to try to stop it as much as we can. Yeah, I, I you're right. The empathy angle is definitely a huge part. And we've seen this in people I've talked to who don't, don't want to see their loved ones suffer. Mm-hmm. And if, if assisted suicide is a painless way which it's not. It's not. But it's we haven't presented. even talked about that, but it's not. <laughs> it's presented that way um, as an easier, more loving option. Then people worried about their loved ones suffering could mm-hmm. easily fall into that. Correct. Again, who are you to decide? What gives you the moral judgment mm-hmm. to say suffering is the worst thing that could happen to my loved one. They may not believe that. If they do believe that, how do you know they're right? You, there's, there's such a larger moral picture here that we haven't even touched on. That, Well, yes. I think at the core of it is we have these morals, and a lot of people have the same morals, but there are other people that don't hold those morals. And that's probably the reason why we have any conflict in the world is because we expect people to have the same morals that we have and to uphold a certain standard. But clearly, some people don't hold them or have the same standard that we have. And that's why we have any sort of conflict. Well, that's the root question about euthanasia, right? Suffering is is bad. We can all agree on that, I think. We don't want to suffer. But okay. you're going to. Yes. And by what standard do you say that suffering is bad? That, that's what we have to decide at the end of the day. And how do we reach out to the people who have those other values, mm-hmm. who would see suffering as the ultimate evil that must be avoided at all costs? Right. How do we, how do, we do that outreach? What does education look like in a culture that is very comfortable and very blessed and we have so many gifts in america mm-hmm. suffering is seen as a, a, a terrible thing right. just because of our high standard of living that we have so how do we reach out to, to this kind of culture and show them that assisted suicide is not the comfortable answer well That's a great segue into our last little section of this feature. Before I mention it, I just want to remind everyone that assisted suicide is illegal in Michigan. But that does not mean that we should just push it out of our minds and not ever think about maybe one day it could come back, maybe one day it could get introduced into legislation or someone could do a ballot initiative and people would be voting on it and you would need to think about it again. So... 
to continue the conversation of educating people in Michigan, we have partnered with the Euthanasian Prevention Coalition from Canada. They have a lot of experience in talking about this, unfortunately. This event is on October 21, which is a Saturday. It starts at 9.30 a.m. and it's going to go to 3 p.m. What's cool about this event is it's in Grand Rapids, so you can attend in person, but you can also attend virtually. You don't have to leave your home or your city, uh, especially if you're not near Grand Rapids. And um, we have all the information on time and location um, on our website where you can register. You have to register if you're going in person and virtually. There's going to be lunch provided, which is always appreciative. But the reason that we recommend people attend this event is because you're going to be hearing updates from the nation's leading experts. You're going to learn about what is happening in Michigan relating to assisted suicide and how to speak about the dangers of assisted suicide. We can see that maybe we'll see threats in the near future in Michigan. Um, they seem to come around every couple years. Obviously, they don't make their way to legislation. They're, they don't make their way very far, but that could change. And so it's important that uh, you participate in this event so that you are not left in the dust when this conversation comes back up. And then hopefully not the near future, but it could. Uh, so we highly recommend that you attend this event. We're very excited to be partnering with the Euthanasia Coalition, Prevention Coalition. And we have some really wonderful speakers, uh, including one of our own from um, our legislative department, Genevieve Barnan. She will be speaking uh, on behalf of Ad Advocates for Better Care. Did you have anything else you wanted to say about it, Grace? Yeah, go to rtl.org slash events. You can register there. And you can register at the Euthanasia Prevention Coalition's website as well. Which is www.epcc.ca. Or you can call. The number is also right within all the information. It's $30 uh, to attend in person, which is just covering your food. Um, and we hope to see you there. We're very excited to be hosting this event. And it should be very educational. I think that is all the time we have today for our feature on assisted suicide. Hopefully you learned a couple of things and it put you know, a few different thoughts in your mind that you can think about for the rest of the weekend or the week. Thank you for listening and I hope you have a wonderful weekend.